also wanted to talk to you really about an English businessman who has very close links with Lesotho, Aaron Banks. Do you remember when you first met or first introduced him? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those chance meetings just happen between people at some gathering and then somebody comes, you chat. And, uh, in your it's chat. the summer of 2018 and I'm interviewing Tom Tabani, the Prime Minister of Lesotho, a tiny mountain kingdom surrounded on all sides by South Africa, but somehow a world apart. Uh, some common ideas come, common interests, common outlook on what is good, what is not good. I'm in Lesotho to investigate Aaron Banks, one of the biggest political donors in Britain who has links in the country, including with the Prime Minister. He's a good human being and he has a knowledge of economics. And uh, he has uh, the right connections in the right places. What sort of connections? Which is useful. Well, knowing people who matter. Did he help you personally too? He did, yes. What sort of help did he give? Well, I think we we needed to buy food. (laughs) Seriously. And to buy some soap to wash. Some of that exchange is still part of an ongoing investigation into corruption, an accusation which Aaron Banks denies. He was all like amicable and he was very friendly about it. I was reporting for the BBC at the time and I was in Lesotho with my producer, Ruth, and cameraman, Barnaby. My one eye was in the eyepiece and I was looking with my other eye at the reaction from his press secretary. You could tell that he was saying too much and then the vibe changed. And I just remember standing there going, gosh, we're a long way from anywhere. (laughs) It's while asking Prime Minister Tabani about foreign money in Lesotho that he and his minders seem to take against my line of questioning. Um, we just one more question. Um, in 2014, Russia gave a lot of aid to Lesotho, which has never happened before or since. It was given on the same day as, as Aaron Banks's mining licence went through. Was there any link? Uh, no, 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 let me answer the lady. Let me answer. He let just went ice cold. I remember he yes. was actually, like, spitting words out. He was really, he really these, quite angry about that. He had these clenched fists. We can make friends with anyone who we think... The friendship will be profitable to us as a country. And there was a moment when I thought he might hit me. Russia was never a supporter of Lesotho. I don't know where you get that information from. It's nonsensical. It's rubbish. And I just thought, well, if we get arrested or taken away by these guys, you know, anything can happen. And then I just said to you and Ruth to get to the car. You went very quiet, but just moved with a speed I couldn't have imagined. We'd already had all our suitcases and everything in the car with us, so we just decided to go straight to the border. We were really lucky because you had experience as a TT driver. Yeah. (laughs) The editor of the Lesotho Times had been shot in the head not that long ago. And people disappear there all the time. I remember remember you were driving at about 80 miles an hour the whole way. (laughs) Maybe a bit more. It was a bit more. (laughs) I remember getting to a T-junction and if we turned right, that would take us to a quiet border post. And then the other option was going left back to Masiru. And I remember we pulled over just to sort of talk it through and go, which is going to be the least obvious, which is going to be the most obvious, where are they going to look for us? And as that conversation started, out of the rearview mirror, I saw a black Mercedes with like red, red lights on the roof. So we went left and just floored it, which was madness. Me and Ruth, the producer, we were sort of taking the mini-disc out of the camera so that we'd keep our footage. We were putting a dud one in. I had to hide the real one in my shoe. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, they would have confiscated everything. 
As we near the border, Ruth and I jump out of the car and walk through separate border gates, while Barnaby drives on, so that if any of us are stopped, the others can still escape with a recording of the interview. I remember stamping my passport and then running back to the car, and this guy came up to me and he said, hmm, everything's not okay here. And I just, my heart sank. And I said, why is that, brother? And he said, I don't have anything to eat. I just gave him sort of like five quid, and he just smiled and he said, you can go, everything's in order. We were lucky that day. I remember punching the air with relief as we all made it across the border. I've been thinking about this story again because earlier this week, Tom Tabani, the Prime Minister of Lesotho, the man who had me chased out of the country, was forced to resign. He's now set to go on trial for murder. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, murder in the kingdom in the sky. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Every time I've been to the tiny southern African kingdom of Lesotho, investigating Aaron Banks, which is a whole other story, I would constantly hear the same rumour. Everybody didn't matter if it was somebody working in a hotel or petrol attendant at a gas station. They were all just talking really, really openly about the fact that he'd done it. The story went that the Prime Minister, 80-year-old Tom Tabani, had had his second wife murdered days before his inauguration in 2017, replacing her as First Lady with his current wife, Masir. He didn't want his ex-wife at the inauguration. He wanted the younger, prettier version by his side. Both Tom Tabani and his wife deny all charges of murder, but after years of speculation, two months ago, every village in Lesotho was plastered with wanted posters put up by the police. On them was a photo of the First Lady. It's hard to explain why all of this would be possible in Lesotho. It's a place like no other, breathtakingly beautiful with big skies that always seem to reflect a mood, and the extraordinary mountains that make Lesotho the highest country in the world. But the politics have always been more sinister. It's a place where coups and assassinations come around more regularly than elections. A politician in Lesotho once introduced me to his favourite assassin. In a country with one of the highest murder rates in the world, everyone has one. Or so it would seem. 
estranged wife of incoming Lesotho Prime Minister Thomas Tabane was yesterday shot dead uh, two days before his inauguration. A case that's rocked the small mountain kingdom of Lesotho. The motive is still unknown and investigations are continuing. The couple had been living separately since 2012 and fast forward. Fears of another wave for political violence in the southern African mountain kingdom. Oh, Mr. Totignana, it's been a while. It's been quite some time. How have you been? <laughs> I'm fine. How are you? Lebohang Totignana is a former Minister of Mining in Lesotho and a critic of the recently departed Prime Minister, Tom Tabani. Can you tell me a bit about the, the Prime Minister's second wife, the one who was murdered? What was she like? They had been married for years, for well over 10 years, and she was not very well-known, like the current wife, because uh, she kept to herself. And what happened to the Prime Minister's previous wife? During the winter of 2017, I think on the 15th of June in 2017, his second wife got murdered, a cold-blood murder, uh, on a gunshot by some unknown people. And this happened just two days before the Prime Minister could assume office. So just, just before his inauguration? Just before his inauguration, which happened on the 17th of June. Tom Tabane is officially Lesotho's Prime Minister. Thousands of his supporters attended his inauguration yesterday at the Sitoto Stadium in the capital, Maseru. Mixed emotions from the new Premier, whose second and estranged wife, Dipolelo, was shot to death two days before the inauguration, marked with a moment of silence in her memory. And this got the whole world, you know, shaken. And obviously there were suspicions across the board. But I think one that continued to haunt them was the suspicion that the current First Lady outgoing may have been involved with him in the plotting of the murder. So tell me, what was it like back then? I mean... His wife is gunned down and two days later he stands up with another woman at the inauguration. What were people saying back then in 2017? You see, they had already separated with the wife. And I think what was becoming a bit of a challenge was the divorce process itself. The attempts to have the divorce approved by the court had been going on for some time. So when this happened... Naturally, people suspected that it could have been the easier way to get out of the marriage. And it seems that those suspicions were confirmed later on when the prime minister and his wife were named as uh, primary suspects. Are you still in hiding? Yes, I'm still in hiding. And are you still, um, are you still scared for your life? Very. That's the voice of a woman who used to work for the First Lady. She'll be one of the main witnesses in the trial of the Tabanis, and we've agreed not to name her for her own safety. I've been speaking to her for over a year now. Even at the time everybody believed or suspected that it must be the Prime Minister, it didn't make sense why the first wife would be killed just two days before the inauguration. And who has the motive? Obviously, is the first lady now. She has always wanted to occupy the office. I understand you have evidence which is vital in the case against the Prime Minister. What is your evidence and how did you, how did you come across it? 
I would rather hold on to that for now because it's my only ammunition against them. So I would rather not elaborate on that too much. But yes, I have an audio clip where I was talking to the first lady about the, the matter. Did she admit her role in it? Yes, we were actually, I would say, discussing of how it happened and how we're going to cover it up. I would say that was basically why we had the meeting at the time. So you have evidence of the the first lady talking to you, admitting her role and asking how to cover up the murder of the prime minister's first wife. Yes. Wow. What was that conversation like when you were there with her? You know, our relationship has always been friendly than uh, professional. So you would say it was it was chilled but scary. It was a conversation between two people who needed advice from each other. I would say. From one friend to another. On my first visit, I remember driving through the capital, Misseru. Every lamppost in town carried the front page of the Lesotho Times and it was emblazoned with the headline, First Lady in Bar Brawl. It was probably the best introduction I could have had to life in Lesotho, which for the last three years has been more or less run by its notorious first lady. Tell me about the first lady. What is she like? Um, power hungry, rude, greedy, manipulative, you name them. Tell me about some of her behaviour as first lady. What were the things that made you think she was um, selfish or manipulative? At one time, she was going to her hometown. She stopped at a hotel to buy some drinks with her friends. They get into that hotel's bar. The bartender was busy helping a customer that came before the first lady. She was throwing liquor bottles because she was saying, how can you help other people before me? Do you know who I am? She's very abusive. She abuses people to a point where she does it literally physically. At times when people talk about her, they compare her to Grace Mugabe. They'll be saying, this one is... Grace Mugabe on steroids, the way she is. (laughs) Serious. Grace Mugabe on steroids. (laughs) Serious. She's Grace Mugabe times 10. (laughs) I I would say, you know, she, she was quite a strong lady. She managed to swindle power from the husband to herself for her own appropriation. And she will be remembered as someone who took the reins of the state, the state power, and started interfering in the administration of government. Effectively, she was the prime minister de facto, as she ran the show on a daily basis. The interference was just across the system. People felt that they had elected the prime minister to run the country and not the wife. But now he's allowing his uh, young wife to run the country on his behalf. And corruption got highly institutionalized because you can imagine if it's been done all the way from the first family to the last person in the civil service. It really was a very challenging time for the country. She has always been controlling. There was one minister who resigned from cabinet and he said his reasons of resigning is because he's tired of being 
bullied and taking orders from this lady. He said, every time we have a cabinet meeting, it's been chaired by the first lady. So I can't take that anymore. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. It was the First Lady's behavior which eventually led her to fall out with the police commissioner. And, allegedly, that's why, three years after the event, at the start of this year, the Tabanis were suddenly under investigation for murder. You, the accused, illegally and intentionally killed one Dipolelo Tabani by shooting at her. She's charged with masterminding the killing of Prime Minister Thomas Tabani's estranged wife, Dipolelo, almost three years ago. If found guilty, Mycia could face the death penalty. The case is testing the division of powers between the judiciary and the government. In February this year, Lesotho's First Lady appeared in court, charged with the murder of the Prime Minister's previous wife. Do you think he and, and the First Lady, are they likely to face proper justice now, given that so much of the system is still made up of people they put in office. I mean, for example, I understand the First Lady is out on bail at the moment, which is very unusual for somebody charged with murder. Yeah, which which she got under very unusual circumstances. For me, I think we will need to engage international judges, because Lesotho is a very small country. Most of the people that are in key positions today uh, remain his appointees. So it's going to be very difficult for justice to be dispensed. Some breaking news out of Lesotho, where the prime minister has resigned after months of pressure over murder allegations. The time to retire from the great theater of action and take leave from public life and office has finally arrived. Allow me also to take this opportunity to thank my wife and my entire family for their unwavering support to me as Prime Minister. Well, Mr. Totnyana, this must be a big day in Lesotho. The Prime Minister has, has resigned. Yes, it is a big day. 
the Prime Minister has resigned after months and months of mounting pressure on him. So will he now face trial? When he was about to be charged, he argued that he cannot be prosecuted as a sitting prime minister. Those debates have now are no longer, they've become mute because he's now no longer the head of uh, government. He now has to face the full might of the law. The only thing, though, that um, might cover him to some degree is what we hear to be uh, his health, his state of health where we understand that he's at a very advanced stage, probably stage three or uh, dementia. And that, as you know, might make it very difficult for the courts to make him to account because he might not be fit to stand trial. But uh, as for the rest of the people, they will still need to face trial. So he could argue that he has such severe dementia that it should preclude him having to stand trial and yet wasn't a problem for him to run the country until today. That's the funny part of the whole thing, (laughs) that uh, when it came to running the country, which is something very, very critical, uh, he was able to run it. You'd hope so. Now, we should say Mr Tabani has never made any public statements about having dementia. At the time, uh, this was not being disclosed because that would have rendered him incapable and unfit to to hold office. So they kept it under the wraps. Now that he's going out, uh, it is something that has been raised that the old man is not fit to stand trial due to his state of health. So will his defence have to prove that he has dementia and he's had it for, for some time while running the country? That is exactly the point. And uh, you can understand that it's going to be a very difficult battle to overcome because uh, then the argument is going to come up to say how did he then continue to run the country knowing that he's unfit. They might argue that he was unfit to realize that he was not fit. Maybe that that might be (laughs) the argument that uh, he could not see at the time that he had uh, completely lost it due to his state of health. Both the former Prime Minister and the First Lady deny any involvement in the murder. But evidence has emerged which seems to show that Tom Tabani received a call from the scene of the crime just moments after his wife was shot dead. Shock and dismay could not describe how Basutu felt when a leaked police document fingering the Prime Minister's mobile phone number to the crime scene of his assassinated and estranged wife made rounds. Mr Tabani is alleged to have been part of the plot to murder his wife. Yes, he knew. That one he knew. But because of the love he has for this this little wife, I think everything that this lady says goes. If she says we are killing this person because of this, he says, okay, mama, it's fine. He's like that. He doesn't dispute anything that comes from this lady's mouth. The first lady is also accused of corruption and interfering with government tenders. She literally sold tenders to Chinese mostly. There's one Chinese tycoon in Lesotho by the name of John. John grabs each and every tender that he wants because the first lady doesn't have her own house. So John had given her a house. So John calls the shots. He gets anything and everything he wants. So 
all the Chinese companies that are in Lesotho, they know if they want, maybe it's for construction. If they want anything, they go to John. John will approach the first lady and the first lady will grant the, the tender. And the Chinese are winning lots of tenders in Lesotho at the moment. They have a real presence there. Yes. There is sort of a global contest for little African countries like Lesotho at the moment between the Chinese and quite often the Russians. I remember I asked Tom Tabani about Russian influence in, in Lesotho and aid packages that had arrived, and he turned on me. <laughs> he he ended the interview and, and stormed off, and I was basically chased out of the country after that. Um, I mean... It, <laughs> what, what, what is going on in Lesotho? What, 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 what are these international powers after? And how much can you feel their presence? This is an, a continental phenomenon. You have a new wave of colonialism that is uh, now sweeping Africa. And it's the race for resources, natural resources, the race for markets. And that, unfortunately, has got great impact on domestic politics. Mr. Tabani was one of the politicians who was backed by a British businessman and political donor, Aaron Banks. How much of an influence do do people like him, you know, British people, have on, on the politics of Lesotho? How much of an influence did Aaron Banks in particular have? They've got serious uh, influence. Lesotho being a least developed country is quite vulnerable. They come here and capture states. This is what the Chinese have been doing. And people like Mr. Banks have also played that role, you know, bankrolling key politicians in return for mining concessions and all that. That's very damaging because uh, it then means that money that ought to be enjoyed by the country, by the peoples of Lesotho, is going into individual hands. And that's a, a serious problem that we have. Aaron Banks, who's had diamond interests in Lesotho, denies all allegations of bribery, and he denies having any business links with Russia. In the past week, there's been another twist to this tale. Whilst Tom Tabani's former wife had been murdered days before his inauguration, his girlfriend, who went on to assume the role of First Lady, was still married to another man. Sello, a ministerial driver, spoke to a Lesotho radio station earlier this week and alleged that he'd received 10,000 rand, less than 500 pounds, from the First Lady to kill her first husband. The driver said he took the money but didn't go through with the killing. By then, having seen one former spouse gunned down already, the first husband quietly agreed to a divorce. Tom Tabani's resignation this week marks the end of a difficult chapter for Lesotho. The new government have swept in with an anti-corruption agenda. But whilst this tiny kingdom is still stalked by big foreign powers, how long will the new peace last? You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests... Barnaby Mitchell, Lebohang Totanyana, and an anonymous woman living in hiding. The producers were James Shield, Edward Drummond, and Leona Hamid. The executive producer is Leo Hornack, and the deputy executive producer is Poppy Damon. 
Sound design was by Carla Patella. Music by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review. You can subscribe for free. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and more. Also, in these uncertain times, you can access analysis, opinion and advice from the experts every day with a digital subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times. Visit thetimes.co.uk slash subscribe to find out more. Have a good weekend.